Well, this is uh, our final um, week in the series that we've been doing on community. And um, we're going to be moving to a new series that will take us right through the summer beginning um, next week. And that will be a series that will be taking us verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of James. So all through the summer, we'll be, uh, we'll be looking at the book of James together. So you might want to synchronize uh, that with your own personal Bible reading plan. If you have one, if you don't have one, why don't you start and look at the book of James. And uh, we'll be beginning that next Sunday. But today we're going to just complete our, our, um, our uh, me- series of messages on community, on what our church is about, what our mission and purpose and values are. So we've been talking about that. This is, uh, so far this year, uh, we're, we're almost halfway, uh, through, um, 2017. That's hard to believe. It seemed like just uh, a little while ago it was New Year's, but here we are. And we're, um, we've, as a church, we've been involved in a process, uh, of evaluating, uh, where we're at and where we're going. And, uh, some of what we're sharing with you, uh, in this series as part of the fruit of that in sharing where, what we value and what kind of church we want to be and what kind of church we believe we are. And that's been leading to uh, a lot of different meetings and things. We hired a consulting firm, a, a group called the Unstuck Group from the United States. They came uh, earlier this year and we had a, 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 a retreat where we brought a group of leadership people in the church together, and we evaluated some things, and we did some strategic planning, and out of that came four more groups that have been uh, been doing more work in evaluating and looking forward and doing some planning and making some changes. We've had uh, different kinds of meetings. We've had some meetings where we've listened to people complain. <laughs> we've heard their complaints. Um, we've had some meetings, and we are still having some meetings where people are sharing their ideas. Um, next week, we have a, a meeting with, with young families. Next Sunday afternoon, we're having, hosting a barbecue with some of the young families in our church to talk about them and their, their ideas and their needs and their hopes for our church. We sent out some surveys. Um, I, probably most of you by now have gotten a survey of some kind. I think this is our third survey this year so far where we've been asking questions to get feedback from people within the congregation of some of their uh, thoughts and their ideas about our church. So this has been a, a very, very um, valuable year so far, and we see, see that as being very much our, important. So in this series, we've talked a little bit about our purpose. Our purpose is to see lives changed by the love of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit in South Ottawa and beyond. A big part of that was what we did yesterday with the big give. Um, if you were here, many of you were, and we had 50-plus volunteers. Here's, here's kind of the numbers surrounding the big give, and I think we have some pictures of yesterday's event that, uh, that Nelson's going to show you while I'm just talking about it right now. We had 50-plus uh, volunteers. We had over $3,000 in donations toward it, enabling us to probably serve close to 500 people food yesterday. We know for sure that we gave away 468 hot dogs because they're all gone. 
All right. Um, we, uh, we had two bouncing inflatables that kids played on for hours yesterday from 10 to 1 o'clock. They were going full nonstop. We were able to hire a petting zoo to come with their ducks and geese and different animals, and kids were able to play with them. They were some of the sweetest animals you'd ever imagine. They were so well-behaved. Uh, we had a giant dinosaur that, uh, that came. We had a giant minion. And uh, if you don't have kids, you probably don't know what a minion is. But anyway, that's um, what a lot of us do know what minions are. And we had someone making balloon sculptures for the kids. We had a free car wash. I got both our cars washed yesterday for free. And, um, and we gave away stuff, 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 stuff. That whole back parking lot was full of stuff. And people came. You can see them there. Line up. There they're running. <laughs> uh, we gave away lots of stuff. And uh, people uh, just came and they received it. They wanted to pay for things. Uh, we said, no, it's just a gift to you. It's a gift to you. We want people in our community to know that Jesus loves them. And uh, so that's why we do what we do. And that's our primary purpose. We can't do it on our own. We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see the mission field that we have around us in all our community. And uh, so we are excited to be able to be a part of that. Thanks to everyone who, was, uh, who participated in the Big Give, gave. Thanks, special thank you to Sarah for being our lead on this and taking care of it. I'll give Sarah a great big hand. Our mission, how we fulfill our purpose, is by connecting to God, each other, and our world through real relationships. All of the events, the services, the things we do for kids, the things we do for youth, all of our, um, our, our caring, our missional engagement, all of our community involvement, all of that is with the purpose of connecting to God and to each other, the wider community, and even around the world, we reach around the world in different ways. Uh, we have another community event that we're participating in next Saturday. Um, the official opening of the park um, across the way is uh, next week. We are, as a church, we've signed the paperwork this week to officially adopt the park as our project. We're going to take care of that park on behalf of the community and the city. We're going to keep it clean, and so we'll be asking you to help us with that. But um, we're also providing the volunteers for the city next week to be able to uh, to help them put on a great uh, party over there for the grand opening of the park with the mayor and our councillors and uh, other officials will be there. So, and Parkway will be there in their nice red t-shirts and uh, we'll be sharing and helping out. We, our band that we had uh, yesterday will be performing at the grand opening over there as well. So it's going to be a great time. So we want to, everything we do, everything that we get suggested to us, everything that, um, that that we, uh, ideas we come up with, we filter it through this phrase. How does it help us connect people to God, to each other, and to our world? How do we bring this holistic approach into everything that we do? Because that's what our, our mission is, and it's part of our purpose. And what we've refined more through this series is our values. We've, uh, we've talked about our values. What do we value? This is really the first time since I've been pastor here, and I've been here almost eight years now, that we've really defined what our values are. And I think this is an important step for us as a church, as we kind of take everything where we've been historically, where we are today, who God has brought us uh, 
to be part of our congregation and what we're looking for in the future to really define what our values are. And under connecting to God, we see that we, we see Jesus as our center. Uh, everything has to be, the thing that we all have to have in common, if we're going to be pulling together in the kingdom, is we have to believe in the teaching and the life of Jesus. And that's, that's kind of the center. There's a lot of doctrines that we could disagree on. There's a lot of philosophies that we don't have to hold to together. There's a lot of, of uh, opinions that some of us have about certain things and certain ideas. Those things we don't really have to agree on, but we do have to agree on the fact that Jesus is the reason we do everything we do. We have to have, like we, in our, in what we said in the Lord's Supper today, that Jesus died rose again and ascended into heaven and he has empowered us through the Holy Spirit to be his church in this community. That's the center of what we do. We also talked about how we choose grace. We want everyone to belong and so we don't cast judgment upon people but we invite them to be participate in our community and we, we allow the same spirit that's at work in us work in their lives and he refines and sanctifies each and every one of us under connecting to each other we really realize that relationships matter it's not so much that you have a relationship with me though i'd love to have a relationship with each and every one of you to some degree or another but it's that we have relationships with one another that we have people that we're connected to within the church and within the community because those relationships are what carry us through in those difficult times in our life. We talked, uh, Pastor Nate talked about no masks, that we don't walk around with masks. We, are, we want to live authentically and in honesty towards one another. Last week, Pastor uh, Eric did a great job about talking about love and action and what that means. And if you didn't hear that message, I encourage you to, uh, to listen to that message about the, where he took the text of the Good Samaritan and uh, shared with us a great challenging message. And today we're going to talk about new friends first in our values. But you know, when you look at our mission, our purpose, when you look at our mission, you look at our values, not everyone gets excited about it. Not everyone shares my excitement for those things. Not everyone agrees with me about those things. Not every one of us um, uh, think that that's the right emphasis. And that's okay. Some people are looking for a different emphasis. Some people even say, you know, I really don't want to be a part of a church that those are the things they value. I, I have another list of values that I want to follow. So some people go to other churches. Um, some, of, some people make those choices that they don't want to be part of uh, a church like ours because they, well, sometimes it's a personality thing. They don't like me because I'm the lead person here and they don't like my personality. Some say, um, you know, they don't like the teaching or they're not being fed or 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 they uh, prefer a different kind of diet. It's interesting, you know. Um, <clears throat> I usually cook for our family on Saturdays. I like to cook. I like to bake. It's one of my hobbies. And um, so I usually cook a family meal for us on Saturdays, and, and our family all come over, and, and we share a meal. So yesterday, uh, I put a nice roast beef in the oven, mashed potatoes, gravy, carrots, broccoli, a nice salad, nice uh, cake with strawberries and whipped cream for dessert, right? Now, wouldn't you think that's just a wonderful meal? Yeah, yeah, a wonderful meal. Well, I also put some sliced white bread on the table, and that's what my daughter chose to eat. She said, I don't really like roast beef. I don't like mashed potatoes. <laughs> I don't like vegetables. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't really matter what you do when people have different preferences, right? 
And uh, so my daughter ate white bread with butter on it and, uh, and a little bit of other things. But anyway, she doesn't even like whipped cream. What's wrong with that girl? <laughs> and her mother would say, she doesn't even like chocolate. So how can she be part of our family? So you just need to understand that these are the values that we, and the, the, the mission, the purpose that we have determined that uh, we want to follow. And you say, well, where did that come from? Well, you know, it, it kind of comes from what we as a community of leaders, I guess it comes from me as, as a primary leader with a vision for the future, and it comes from a collective vision. You know, when, the, when in the New Testament, the book of Acts, they had some things that they were trying to decide about the future of the church. They got together, they talked about it, they, they shared their ideas, they shared, the, they shared their opinions about certain things. And then at the end of that, that discussion, it, said, it says that it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit, and this is what we decided. And I guess the only thing that I can say to, to the church is that, you know, when we've talked about things, and as we continue to talk about things, and we continue to share ideas, and we meet with groups of people, and as a, as a, as a lead team, as a staff, and as a board, and we look at different things and different ideas, we say, we, we kind of lay out our ideas before the Lord, and what seems good to us and seems to have the blessing of the Holy Spirit is the movement that we go towards. And with that, there's no judgment on anybody that would have a different idea or a church down the road that has a different purpose and a different set of values. You know, there's variety all around. Some people don't like roast beef, even when you cook it really well. But you know, when my daughter said that last night, I wasn't offended by it. I know her. That's just her thing, right? And so we have to understand that. But what we also have to stand firmly on the things that we believe are very important. So our final value that I want to talk to you about today is uh, new friends first. And I think this one is a key to our identity. Because with this idea, it's like, it's like when we're thinking about the kind of church we want to be, we always have in the back of our mind, what about our new friends what about people that maybe have never heard about Jesus? Or when they have heard about Jesus, it's always in a very negative thing. What about people that when they think of church, they think of bigots? They think of people that are, are, are prejudiced. They think of people that are selfish. They think of people that are angry. People that protest. What about, what about when someone... When they think about church, they think about rules. They think about rituals. They think about, um, they think about boring things. When we, when we, wanna, we want people to understand that God loves them, we have to keep in mind that not everybody understands that in the basis of who they are. Their experiences are different. So everything we do, we want to do through the lens of what do our new friends, what will they think about it? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 says, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. You know, the, the Bible, part of the, one of the themes that runs through the Bible is always being open to people who are different than us, who are on the outside people that don't necessarily think like us, act like us. So when we come to, so when we come to uh, thinking about church and what kind of church we want to be, the first question 
that should come to our mind is not, what can I get out of church today? The first question that should come to our mind for those of us who are part of the church or have been part of the church for any length of time is what can I give back to Jesus and to his kingdom in my participation in the church today? You know, what can I give, not what can I receive? You see, if it was all about what we can receive, then we could be like a country club. You know, we could, we could be any kind of club. What can I get out of this? I'll pay my dues and I'll expect something to get out of it. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. That's not how Jesus worked. Jesus didn't come to earth to get, see what he could get out of it. He came to give. And he says, be like me, give. Freely if you receive, now freely give. This is something that not only the church has realized, but all kinds of programs recognize us, that if you're going to be successful and if you're going to be fulfilled for the long term in your involvement in any group or any organization or for any cause, then you can't just be a participant. You have to be one who gives back to that. For instance, the, uh, the, the 12-step recovery program that's, you know, that AA uses and other organizations use. Do you know what step 12 is? It reads like this. Having had a spiritual awakening, we try to carry this mes- message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. You know what the 12-step people realized when they were organizing together with addicts? They recognized that, you know, if a person is really going to have life transformation... If they're really going to change their habits, if they're really going to be set free from the things that they're in bondage to, it's not just enough for them to receive, they have to give. You can't just, you will not be a successful recovering alcoholic if all you do is receive. You have to give back. And it's only in that. So that's why step 12 is so important. It's not just an add-on. It's just not a way to perpetuate the group. It's actually the way people achieve success, long-term success in freedom from addiction. It's by taking others, newcomers, new friends under their wing and helping them, discipling them, mentoring them, and they're on sharing their experience with them. So when we say new friends first, that's what we mean. We think we, we come to the, the church, we come to our services, we come to our participation in the, in the kingdom, our giving, our, our attendance, all of these things that we would do, our volunteering. It's all about not what can I receive out of this, it's what can I give back. New friends first. Well, why new friends first? Well, let me just go over a couple things quickly. Jesus' final decree was for us to reach out to those who are not part of our group. Jesus, on his last moments on earth, before he ascended into the heavens, he said to his his disciples, therefore go and make... We read this earlier, by the way, or we talked about this earlier... Nate read it earlier in this service. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus didn't say, his last words to to his followers was not, Go and take care of yourselves. Go and comfort one another. Go take care of yourselves. Go have fellowship together. Go have potlucks and go (laughs) and build nice buildings so that you can be comfortable while you worship me. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, go 
Go and reach people. And he said to them, reach people of all nations. Now you need to understand how fundamental that is to the first century Jew. Pastor, Pastor Eric talked about this a little bit last week, about the, the, the prejudiced mindset that the Jews had towards all the other nations. They, as far as they were concerned, they were the only one. They are God's chosen people. And their mindset up to this point as Jews had been everything God was doing on earth was for them. It was for them. They were the chosen ones. They were the blessed ones. They were the ones that God was always supposed to give to. And the others, well, he was going to wipe them off the map. That's what their hope was. The Romans especially. But when Jesus gave his final words to them, he said, go to all nations. Go to the people who are different than you. Go to the strangers. Go to the people that don't talk like you, that don't look like you, that don't think like you, that don't act like you. Go to them and share this message, this good news with them. Not just tell them, but teach them. Baptize them. Bring them in. Baptism is about belonging. It's about bringing them in. Not just, oh, going over there and doing some charity work over here to that group of people and charity work over to that group of people, but welcome them in. Despite their abilities or their disabilities, despite their, their, their moral um, choices that they've been making, their religious affiliations, Jesus said, just go to all those nations and Bring them in, teach them, and baptize them in my name. Uh, welcome them. That's why new friends first. And also on this Pentecost Sunday, I think it's important to say that the other reason is that's exactly why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus did not send the Holy Spirit so you could have some, some, some wonderful, um, goosebumpy experience in your prayer time or in our worship service, not that anything is wrong with having a, a, a wonderful experience in the Holy Spirit, but that's not the purpose that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. It wasn't about you. It was about empowering you to do the work he called you to do. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, part of that same speech that Jesus gave about making disciples of all nations, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria. Again, reference Pastor Eric's message last week. That was a big one. Go to those hated Samaritans and to the ends of the earth. You see, if we're going to do the work that God has called us to do, it's not going to be in our own power because we don't care enough, honestly. We don't have enough love in our heart for certain kinds of people. By nature, we're often very prejudiced. We're often very um, self-centered. We like people who are like us. So Jesus said, I know what, kind of, what, 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 what your natural bent is, so I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to empower you to be a different kind of person, a person that actually goes and, and, and shares the message, the good news with people in different places. Yeah, people in your neighborhood, people in Jerusalem, people just like you that talk like you and walk like you and act like you, but going out to Judea and even to Samaria and even to the other parts of the world that you don't even know about yet. 
So how do we do, how do we put new friends first? How do we do that? Well, first of all, you'd be friendly. Is that obvious? If you're going to have friends, Proverbs 18, verse 24, the, the, the wisdom writer in the Bible said, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. It's pretty basic, right? If you're going to have friends, you better be friendly. If you're walking around as Mr. Grumpy Face all the time and you don't talk to anybody, you're probably not going to have any friends. If you stay at home all the time and watch the TV and you watch the news and think, oh my goodness, this world's going to hell in a handbasket, and you never talk to anybody, you don't talk to your neighbors, you don't talk to anybody at the grocery store, you don't join, don't join a, cl- a, a club or a group, you don't, you don't participate in anything in your community, you don't, you don't help out with, uh, with your co- local community association, or you, you don't get involved in some kind of uh, uh, event for children in the community. If all you do is come to church and sit there with your grumpy face, maybe even a smile at church, but if you don't go outside of the world that you are accustomed to and that you are comfortable in and show the friendliness, then you won't make new friends. You'll just have the same old friends. And then they'll start dying off and you'll have less friends <laughs> because you had not made any new friends. So the way to have new friends is to be friendly. You know, it's our initiative. It's not their initiative. The writer of Proverbs says, if you want friends go be friendly. Sitting around saying, well, nobody likes me. You know, my natural personality type of person, this is my, this is my natural way of doing things, and I have to work against sometimes my, na- my nature, right? But my nature is, when I go to some place where there's a lot of strangers, is, um, or people that, that I'm not sure about, and that I may know them, but I, 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 I don't, I'm not necessarily friends with them, my natural way of doing things is go to sit by myself and see who comes to sit with me. See, my natural way of doing things is not to invest in people before I know how they, what they think about me. But that's not how, that, that natural way of doing things is not the right way for me of doing things because the scripture says I've got to take initiative. If you want to have friends, you've got to be friendly. Not sit and wait for others. Sometimes people in church think, and this, we did this for many, many years. We built nice churches, we put on good services, and, and we just waited for people to come. And sometimes, and, and in the past, people did come. But that's not the way we can do the kingdom work anymore. Because people don't, they're not interested in church, honestly. I was in a restaurant um, a couple weeks ago, or last week, I guess, Hope and I were... Uh, away on a a little mini vacation for our 36th wedding anniversary and we're having breakfast and over the table next to us a a young couple sat down they were expecting their first child Um, she was obviously very pregnant they were talking about you know as young couples do about having their first um, baby and how you know they were talking about I was eavesdropping so (laughs) and they said uh, she said do you ever think about whether we want our kids to go to church. And he said, well, not many people go to church anymore. Um, she said, well, I, you know, our friend, so-and-so, she said, they're, they're, 
her parents are really religious, she said. (laughs) She said, and they come and they pick up their grandkids every Sunday and take them to church. And he said, well, that's kind of nice, I guess. Gives them a break. (laughs) But when I listen to this conversation about this, this couple honestly wondering whether or not they want their child to be raised with values. And they did say this. They said, well, you know, I guess going to church would give them good morals and values. Because they had a somewhat positive view of church. Now, wouldn't it be nice for a couple like that to meet a family in a good, Bible-believing, active, vibrant church, and they just, wouldn't it be nice if they moved in next to you <laughs> and you were able to say oh yeah we go to church and we, we could invite their bring their kids to vbs or come to the big give i invited our neighbors to the big give yesterday they have a new baby and they didn't come but maybe they'll come next year but what i'm saying is is that we need to take the initiative in these things secondly be friendly but then you also have to be hospitable Friendly can be very surface. Hospitality takes things deeper. That's why Hebrews 13, 2 says, doesn't say just be friendly to people because you might be entertaining strangers, or you might be meeting strangers that you're not aware of. They might be angels, I guess, is what it said. It says, don't forget to show hospitality. Now, hospitality in my books means an invitation. You take an initiative, and then you give an invitation. Now, at the right time, the first thing you do is you don't invite someone in for dinner or whatever, you know, but... But we have to give up this protective mentality as believers. And we have to take on that responsibility once again of being hospitable. Do you know what the number one thing that people say is their, is their biggest problem? And all the statistics and all the studies that are done, when people are asked, what's your, what's your biggest issue in your life? And in different ways, the question can be asked, but when it comes down to it, it's loneliness. Loneliness. It's time that we we move in our relationships with other people from small talk to sacrificial living, to actually inviting people into our world and sharing with them a little piece of life. I talked to a couple, I've, I've talked to several families, you know, that have haven't been here for a while, chosen to go, and there's all kinds of different reasons why some people will go to a different church and why some people come to our church. But I talked to a couple families recently, and, um, and uh, they had several different things going on in their life, and I don't want you to think this is their only reason because there's never one reason why people make decisions to do things. But in talking to them, both of them have been here quite a long time. One, one of the families has been here for many, many years. Another one had been here maybe, maybe as long as I've been here or shortly after I've been here. And uh, they said, they both said to me, you know, we really, um, we've really done our best to be hospitable towards people, but people have never invited us back. Wow. Now, one of them was very clear. It says, obviously, we don't invite people in so that we get invited back. That's, it's, not a, it's not that, but... The point of the matter is, is that, you know, there, there has to be, and I think the only reason why may be because those people are different or they have different ideas or who knows. And I know our church is a very friendly church, 
But the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we really hospitable? Are we hospitable? It's an important thing to be. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty there. I'm just trying to, to, to tell you how things are. How else do we do new friends first? Well, by being accepting. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Christ accepted us before we changed. Christ took all the initiative. He made all the sacrifice. He did all the moving in relationship towards us before we even showed any interest in him. While we were still embedded in our sin, our unbelief, in our, our blasphemous ways, whatever our story is, when we were still in the, in, the, in the depths of not believing, taking the Lord's name in vain, doing whatever, it was then that Jesus looked at us and he took the initiative to come towards us. And that initiative that Jesus did says to me that we have to, this is my deepest conviction, is we have to accept people as they are, not as we would like them to be. Because you see, that's how the Lord took me. And that's how he takes you. And once we, once we bring people, and once we ourselves come into relationship with Jesus, once we're introduced to him, that relationship is a transformative relationship. It changes us from the inside out. And for far too long, we as, as a church have looked at people's outside behavior and judged whether or not they could be part of our group based on how they behaved on the outside way more than we were concerned about what was going on in the inside. And what happens when you do that is you end up with a church full of hypocrites because everybody starts looking good on the outside, but they're not really paying attention to the inside. And the work that the Lord wants to do is from the inside out. And the only way he can do that work is when we are in relationship with him and in relationship within the body of Christ. Going back to what Jesus said, you go out to all nations, to all those different people that think and act and live differently than you. And it's those people that you begin to teach and disciple and you baptize them when they're ready to come in and fully engage. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. You go to the others first. And so we have to be accepting. We need to be, well, we need to be willing to accept whoever will come into our midst. And when we, when we as mature believers, I'm speaking now to the mature believers in the church, when we come to church, we shouldn't be looking just for our favorite friends. We should be looking for those who are those people that we can mentor and teach. You know, it's, I've had people that have, I've talked to people here in our church, and, and some of them aren't here anymore, and I've asked them, I've, I've pointed to them, I said, do you know that family over there? No, never seen them before. Well, I said, they've been coming here for at least a year. How come you don't know them? You've been here for decades. How come you don't know the new ones? You see, if we want to be the church, we have to be the church. 
And Jesus said the church is the one that's accepting of those people that are outside, all nations. That doesn't just mean that they come from a different country. That means they just are different people. That's how the Jews understood. They, they divided everybody. They chopped everybody up based on what race you were born in. That's how the first century people did. You were Roman, you were a Jew, you were this, you were that, you were Greek, and that's how they chopped up their world. And we chop up our world differently. We still use race, but sometimes we use people's, people's um, choice of, uh, of, of, I don't know, where they, where they live. We, we, we often judge people based on their economic status how they speak. We definitely judge people based on some of their sexual choices. And we chop people up. We, we put these groups, we put people in groups and we say they belong to that group and they belong to that group and they belong to that group. And it's those groups that Jesus says to us as a church, you've got to go to them. So when those people start coming to us because someone, because someone else in the church maybe invited them, you better get off your little tush and go and meet them. That's your job, to show friendliness and hospitality and acceptance to them so that they can actually be nurtured and discipled. You see, when Jesus said, go into all the world, teach them and disciple them, he wasn't saying, have a class for them. Well, if we can do it in a class, that's great, but it's talking about relationships. It's about building relations with people that are different than us so that they can experience the same love and ultimately that they will be baptized into the same community of grace and love and they will become mature followers of Christ. Sometimes you look around as the church changes and as new people come into the church and say, well, I don't know who they are. Sometimes we say, I don't like who they are. Sometimes we say, I don't like the way I look. I've had people actually complain to me that we have young people on our stage that, in their eyes, they don't look right. And I have to admit, I came in this morning, and Pastor Nate was practicing, and he was wearing this, uh, this um, what do you call it, a muscle shirt. A tank top. And I thought to myself, I hope he's going to put a shirt on over that. <laughs> and then I joked with him afterwards. I said, okay, you can wear that, but just don't lift your arms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't care. Honestly, I don't care what the young people look like. I'm just glad that they're in church and they're loving Jesus and they're following Jesus and they have a heart for God. And if it offends somebody, then I guess you don't belong here. Let me tell you something else. I'm getting royal up here. One of the, one of the Christian Horizons, where we had a, a little luncheon out there a few weeks ago. And uh, a couple months ago, I guess it was in April. And one of the Christian Horizons workers said to me, you know, I was out at the back just before the service was let out, and he said, I'm going to get um, some of our guys together, and I'll get them to get their food quickly first, because sometimes people get offended when they're, when, when, um, because they're not always the cleanest, he said. 
I said, oh, heaven forbid. I said, if people, I said, don't, I said, you do what you want as a worker, as a, as a, as a supporter of these people. You do what you want because you need to do what you need to do. I'm not telling you what to do. But I said, if your reason is that you might offend somebody in this church, I said, they need to be offended. And if they are offended by it, they don't belong here. Because the kingdom of God belongs to people like this. That's the way it is. And we have, to have, we have to have the grace and the mercy to accept people the way they are, no matter what their ability, their disability, no matter how clean they are, no matter how, what, how, how well they speak, no matter what home they live in, whether they live in a, a rich, fancy estate home or whether they live in a trailer park in our community. Everybody has to belong here. And we, as those, and I speak to myself and to all of us who are mature in the faith, we have to do our part to welcome those people, to teach them and disciple them into the kingdom. I'm going to invite the worship team to join me. And as we do, I just want to, I just want to ask you this question. What kind of church do you want to belong to? What kind of church do you want to belong to? Do you want to belong to a church that's, and I'm not judging any other church in our community, believe me, I'm not, but you want to be part of a church that's closed, a little club that stands in judgment and criticism of people around us? Or do you want to be part of a church that says, whoever, let him come, let him come. We, at the beginning of this series, we sang a song. Um, and we had a time of dedication when we sang this song about the Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And honestly, I have laid, we have laid out for you over these last six weeks a vision of the kind of church that we believe as leaders that we want, to, we want this church to be. And we believe out of that kind of vision, we can, we can, we can build a church Not a building, not, not just not a, about being just that kind of church, but being a, we can build a church that actually is so vibrant and full of life because of the fact that we are reaching and discipling all nations, all people in a way that God wants us to. But in the same time, that's my, that's my vision, that's my plan, that's my hope. But in the same time, as I say that to you, I say that I have to submit my desires, my plans, my goals, my ideas into the presence of the Holy Spirit and just simply say, Lord, if you have a different plan, if you have a different idea, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to be interrupted. So we're going to sing this song again that we sang at the beginning, and I'm just going to invite you to stand with me, and I just want you to dedicate. If you, this is the kind of church you want to be part of, then I encourage you just to, to make that, that, that desire known to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to put my heart and soul into it. I want to submit to your Holy Spirit to be the church that you call us to be, to link arms with my brothers and sisters that are around me, to link arms with our pastors and our board members and our volunteers and do my part in giving 
in participating, in investing in the lives of other people, and being friendly and being hospitable. Lord, whatever it is you call me to do, I'm willing to do that under the direction of your Holy Spirit.